I really can't help it. I mean, my anxiety and my depression, they just do what they want and there's just nothing I can do about that. So I just have to learn how to deal with that, I guess. Hang on there, sister friend. I used to think that too. And let me tell you, that's just not true. What's up, guys? My name is Jacqueline, and I am your host. I'm a full-time mental health therapist and founder of Team Therapeutic Fitness. I swear like a sailor, rarely use my filter, and I'm committed to sharing with you all the stuff they probably should have taught us in school. Today's episode is all about preventing our mental health. Yes, you heard that right. There are things that we can do to keep from having those breakdowns, and it's not foolproof. It still happens anxiety attacks can still sneak up on us. We still have those slumps through life, but there are things that we can be doing on a regular daily basis to help ourselves out. So you ready to jump in to today's episode? All right, guys, first things first, we cannot prevent mental health symptoms from happening completely. But when we're constantly reacting to the symptoms we're experiencing rather than trying to be proactive in taking care of ourselves so that they don't get so intense, we're just playing this constant battle of being at a really high intense symptomology rather than keeping ourselves at a level baseline. So first things first, you have to get stable. If you're not in a place right now where you can function daily, you know, where you're not getting out of bed in the morning and stuff like that, that's not what I'm talking about. You have to be in a pretty decent place to begin with in order for these things to work. So this is my shout out to all the other therapists in the world and go speak to somebody if you're not in a good place. We aren't just here in this profession for funsies, it is literally our job to help you get to a stable emotional state. So please shout out to my therapist friends, go speak to someone, see a professional, get to a stable place, and then you can start implementing the things that I'm about to share right now. All right, so it is so important that we aren't constantly reacting to our mental health. We want to be in a really proactive state. So what does that mean? That means rather than waiting until I have a panic attack to take a hot bath, go see my therapist, work out, all that good stuff, I'm not going to be able to do any of that when I'm having a panic attack, right? So being proactive means taking care of myself even when my symptoms aren't high. And you might be thinking, but why would I need to do those things if I'm not experiencing a lot of mental health symptoms? Like what if my anxiety is pretty low, not feeling super depressed or anything? Like why would I need to do anything about that? Like isn't that normal? Shouldn't I just be happy that my symptoms are low? Well, no, because then you're just setting yourself up for another panic attack, another, you know, depressive state when you could be actively treating yourself better, doing things out of the ordinary to prevent something from happening. So I don't just sit around and like, hmm, it's been a while since I've had a panic attack. There's probably one coming on. No, because you know what? The past two weekends, I've had a panic attack each weekend and I had no idea was coming on. And 
I, nothing in my routine changed and whatever. There were some situations and I I know what my triggers were that caused it, but it wasn't anything that I could have prevented, but I don't just sit around waiting for that to happen. I take care of myself in the meantime. I try my best to make sure that I stay in a good emotional state because I don't for a second take that for granted. I don't for a second take for granted when I feel calm and collected and able to sit here and record this podcast for you guys. I I can't take that for granted because there are so many days in my past where I never would have been able to do this. But I can tell you the things that I do that are preventative and that have helped me severely reduce my panic attacks have helped me continue to be a functioning adult in society and not, you know, on medications or anything like that. So I'm going to tell you what I do and how you can implement these things into your life so that you aren't just waiting around for the next depressive state, but instead pushing it off or not letting that happen again, avoiding future panic attacks, stuff like that. So you ready? Here it comes. Oh, please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Oh my God. She's going to say it. She's going to say it. I just know it. She's going to say, she's going to tell me to start exercising. (laughs) Well, you're damn right. I am. If you are not moving your body, you are basically inviting mental health to live in you. Let me say it again. If you're not moving your body, you're inviting that shit in. We have to actively move our bodies to release those good endorphins. Otherwise, we're just stewing in the negativity, that negative energy. The release that your body gets, those positive rush that you're like, I feel like I'm high right now when you move your body. That's because your body is producing some sort of high for you. And it's taking care of itself. It's like, oh, wow, that feels really good. Let me signal to her that we need to keep doing this. So why the fuck do you think I get up and work out every day at 4.30 in the morning before I go to work? Why do you think I go to bed at 8 p.m. so that I get good sleep? Why do you think I eat salads, eat really clean? For the most part, I still enjoy beer and pizza. (laughs) I'm a normal human. But why do I do all of those things? Why do I encourage you to do all of those things? Because it works. When was the last time you just went outside for a walk? 10, 15 minutes, just a couple blocks, got some fresh air, moved your body, and then came back inside. You can't frown when you're doing that. You just can't. You can't frown when you're moving your body. You may hate it up until the second you start doing it. And then you start working out, and by the end, you're like, I'm so fucking proud of myself. I'm so glad I did that. I have never met someone who did a workout and then regret it. Never. It just doesn't happen because it feels so fucking good. So why are you so scared of it? Why do you push away the one thing that you know is going to make you feel better? I'm not saying you need to join my groups. I'm not saying you need to do at-home intense workouts. I'm not saying you need to spend hours in the gym. I'm asking for 10 to 15 minutes a day. Do some stretching, do some yoga, go for a walk, jog around your block. Just get your body moving, get the blood pumping and release those natural endorphins. I promise you will thank me. Second, 
go to fucking sleep. Go to sleep. Why are you staying up until God knows when in the morning when you have to get up early and go to work and you're rolling into work looking like a hot mess with your extra large, tall, iced mocha chai latte double shot espresso and bragging about how the fact that you only got four and a half hours of sleep last night. Why are you proud of that? That shit ain't cool. Now you are functioning at a lower capacity. You are more emotionally unstable because your brain is not functioning fully and you're setting yourself up to fail. Go to fucking sleep. People make fun of me and I use the hashtag baby grandma because I'm 25 years old and I go to bed at 8 p.m. Because I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I know that I need to go to, I need sleep. I don't feel well. I don't function well when I stay up late and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Guess what? Facebook, New Girl, your favorite TV show, they'll all be there tomorrow, right? They will all be there. You can check your phone in the morning. Around my house at 8 p.m., I put my phone down and I don't check it again. I just don't. Because I'll be like, oh, I have another notification. I have another email. Oh, man, someone wants information on my next group. Oh, I got to respond here. Oh, my gosh, my friend texts me. No, it doesn't matter. I have a life. People know I go to bed early. And after 8 p.m., I'm done. I set that boundary because I could get, oh, man, you go down that rabbit hole on the Internet. And with it right in your hand, in your phone, and you're scrolling and scrolling, and you're all of a sudden, you're on your ex-roommate's boyfriend's cousin's mom's Facebook profile looking at videos of her dog. You have no idea how you got there. But it's three in the morning and your alarm is going off in four hours. You're going to feel like shit. And I don't feel bad for you because you did it to yourself. You need to set that boundary and say, look, I respect myself enough to go to sleep because it makes me feel good. And I don't want to be so on edge and out of it tomorrow that I instigate a panic attack. Lastly, please, for the love of God, feed your body well. Now, I'm all down for some pizza and beer and ice cream and brownies and donuts. I love all of that shit. I love it so much. But 95% of the time, I eat so well. And I'm not eating like a all raw, vegan, paleo, whatever diet. I still eat normal foods, but I'm very aware of how food makes me feel. Today at work, I had Dairy Queen. I had a mini blizzard and immediately I was in the bathroom and I felt like shit because my body is like, whoa, man, where's all this sugar coming from? We don't like that. My heart started to pound if you're, if you're in my tribe, you know that I don't like eating processed sugar because once I cut it out of my diet, going back to it would simulate a panic attack for me. That extra rush of sugar that you get, that the reason you keep a snicker bar in your desk drawer so that you can have that little pick-me-up in the afternoon so that you can make it through the day, the reason you drink that extra cup of coffee at three in the afternoon so that you can just make it those last couple hours through work... That rush that you get, to me, my body's like, oh my God, 
we're having a fucking panic attack. Holy shit, we're sweating. Um, I'm, um, my face feels red. Um, my heart is going to pound right out of my chest. I'm freaking out. I can't think straight. Why are my thoughts racing? And I lose it. And food does that. So you need to be aware of like, oh, wow. Okay, yep. Yeah, I had a little energy burst for about 20 minutes and then I crashed. Then I went home and I took a half hour nap on the couch. And then I had some dinner. And then my kids wanted to play, but I I just didn't have the energy for that. So I laid on the couch some more and then, you know, I put them to bed. And then I went and laid in my bed and I, I, wow, I scrolled Facebook until four in the morning. And now I'm doing it all over again today. What kind of patterns are you in that you need to break? Where can you make these small changes to add some movement to your day, set better boundaries so you can get better sleep and longer sleep? Just because you're an adult, it doesn't mean that you don't need sleep. We still need eight or nine hours a night. And be mindful of what you're putting in your body. You need to be aware of how your body reacts to all of those things. Set yourself up for success. I promise you will thank me. And if you don't know where to start with all that shit, well, hit me up, girl, because I'm a coach and I can help you with all of it. Guys, you don't have to live in fear of when your mental health is going to spike again. There are things that you can do to prevent it. Be proactive about your mental health. Take care of yourself Give yourself the respect that you fucking deserve. I fucking love you guys. I'm so grateful for your support in this adventure. I am loving all the feedback about the Anxious Therapist podcast. It means the absolute world to me. If there is a topic that you want me to cover on an episode in the near future, send it my way. I would love to hear it and I'll catch you on the flip side.